fun-filled days, amazing food, incredible wine, and heart-stopping views. Lisbon has become a destination of choice for lots of good reasons. Join us, Tori, and Paul, two proud Portuguese Americans, as we explore our favorite city and transport you to Lisbon with love. Bom dia, Paul. Bom dia, Tori. Today's a very exciting day. Yes, it is. And should we tell our audience why? Yes, today is the first episode of our podcast, To Lisbon with Love. I know, I know. I'm really, really excited about this, and I've been looking forward to this for a really long time. I feel like everywhere we turn, Lisbon is the spot that everyone is talking about going to. Um, and we know that it's a pretty special place. We've been going there for the last seven or so years, you know, for two weeks at a time. We've been really fortunate to do that. So we've gotten to know the city really, really well and have fallen in love with it. And uh, we want to share our love of Lisbon with uh, all of you, our listeners. So, yeah, this podcast is going to be very exciting. And maybe we should kind of talk a little bit about who this podcast is for. So who do you think this is for? Well, to me, this is for a lot of people. I think, uh, first and foremost, it's for people who have never been to Lisbon and maybe want to learn a little bit more about it, see if it sounds like it's a place for them. And uh, I could also see this being uh, for people who have been to Lisbon and either plan on returning again and, and want a little bit more in-depth information or people who just want to relive uh, the great times that they've had there. Yeah, I think, you know, when we began this idea or started thinking about this idea of a podcast, I think we both thought that we have a lot to offer. We have gone there numerous times and what we really want to do is provide our listeners something more than a quick must-see, must-do list. I think we really want to take our listeners on an adventure with us um, and have them really live in the city the way that we get to and fall in love with it and, and understand why the history is so rich, why the culture is so rich, and to really be able to have a much more meaningful experience the next time that they're there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we travel there sometimes with other people who haven't been there very often, and I feel like we really uh, add to their experience with, you know, with all of the experience that we have. So we just want to uh, share that with everyone. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I always get asked the question, why do you keep going to Lisbon? Do you get asked that? All, all the time, definitely. <laughs> all the time. And so maybe we should tell people why. Yeah, for me, very simply put, it's, it's my favorite place in the world. And it's my favorite place in the world for several reasons. I think part of it is that it's uh, my heritage. I'm of 100% uh, Portuguese descent, and um, I've been uh, visiting Portugal on and off my whole life. Uh, when I was growing up, I used to visit a lot with my family. We would go to the small town that my grandparents are from, uh, called Murtaza, and we'd spend five or six weeks at a time. And uh, on the way uh, back to America from there, we would always stop in Lisbon and, and spend a few days in Lisbon. And those times, to me, were always very special. Uh, I always really looked forward to Lisbon. I always loved being there. And it's just, it's a combination of everything. It's, for me, 
the weather is very mild and beautiful and it's it's just architecturally a very beautiful city it's it's a it's great to just walk around and experience and uh, i love the food i love i love the people i love everything about it yeah i feel pretty similarly my family is also of portuguese descent although they are from the azores so san miguel is in the house but I, you know, when once we're in Lisbon, what I love so much about it is this sort of instant recognition. You know, the, I recognize the people. I recognize their mannerisms. Um, I love hearing the language. I love trying to practice the language. Everything about it, it reminds me of home. Um, I love walking around and smelling, you know, the foods that my grandmother used to make. I love just, again, the expressions that people are using. I grew up in a community that was very Portuguese. Everyone around me was Portuguese, really. And so it's always been a part of my identity, um, both as, you know, an American, but also really very, very much so a Portuguese American. Um, So to me, going to Lisbon is much more than just going there and you know, checking out a beautiful city and a beautiful country, it's really about, you know, that feeling of home, that feeling of connection. Yeah, I, I have a very similar experience. Even the years or the times that I wouldn't travel to Portugal, our Portuguese heritage was always a big part of our family. Uh, on Christmas Eve, my mother always makes uh, traditional Portuguese food. Yummy. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, definitely something I look forward to every year. And, um, and even holidays, if we would go out to a restaurant, it would always be a, a Portuguese restaurant. And it was just, uh, my heritage was always a big uh, part of my life and, and still is. So. So we have lots of episodes planned for this podcast. Do you want to chat a little bit about some of the topics that we'll be covering? So yes, in in this episode, we'll talk about a few of our favorite aspects of Lisbon. And then uh, next episode, we'll dig a little bit more deeply into some more places that uh, everyone should visit and maybe how to get there. And then later, we'll have some episodes about food, some episodes about drink, and some episodes about uh, the neighborhoods. Uh, So we have a lot in store. Yeah, and I think probably to kick it off, maybe we should give our listeners each of our top three favorite things to do in Lisbon. Sure, yeah. When I think of of Lisbon, first and foremost, I think of being on the Avenida, and that's the Avenida de Liberdad. It's the main thoroughfare in downtown Lisbon. It's a very beautiful, very wide, typical European avenue with lanes of traffic in the middle flanked by sidewalks that are beautiful as all the sidewalks are in Lisbon, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, Um, and just lined with trees and fountains and statues and cafes, and even though you're in the middle of the hustle and bustle of a major city, it still feels extremely peaceful. And I just, whenever I first get to Lisbon, that's that's where I want to be because that's just, 
I think it's everything that's great about Lisbon. Yeah, it's very majestic and while also being very serene. Um, And I agree, you know, when we're first there and we get up from the subway, um, we have our little spots to go to, our little cafes. But like even after an afternoon walk, just being able to like sit down and on these like beautiful benches in the shade and just kind of observe Lisbon going by, it's, it's a pretty wonderful way to kind of feel connected to the city. I mean, there's tons of hotels near it, but it feels very residential in an odd way. Yeah, and it's it definitely feels uh, very, very comfortable. Uh, there are a lot of high-end shops, and yet if you walk um, down a side street off of the Avenida within half a block, you feel like you're in a residential neighborhood where you know, you can't believe that you're, you're so close to the epicenter of what's going on. Yeah. And so that brings me to my number one favorite thing to do um, in Lisbon is really just to look at the streets and look at buildings. And for those of you who have been to Lisbon, you'll know that it is a pretty visually interesting city. So as you're walking around, if you're looking at the ground, you'll see this um, very traditional style pavement called calçadas. And this is essentially the pavement is made out of limestone, usually black and white limestone, um, and there are mosaics on the street. So if you're walking around, you'll see these beautiful designs. They can be very simple or they can be very ornate, and they're really very much all over the city. And what's really amazing about them is that they're all handmade. They're all like hand chiseled, right. and the the amount of work that went into making them, I can't even imagine. But as you say, they're very beautiful and I think about the people who, you know, worked on making these sidewalks originally, and very appropriately, a few years ago, a statue was erected at the very foot of the Avenida de, mm. de Libertad that pays homage to the the stonecutters and the people who created the sidewalks. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, when I think of Portugal, that's one of the top things that I think of is, is really the pavement and the style and the design. Um, the other thing that I think of, or, you know, that is pretty immediate when I think of Portugal, is the buildings. And um, there are lots of tiled buildings in Lisbon and in Portugal. Um, the tiled buildings are called azulejos, and these are these glazed ceramic tiles that were brought in when the Moors were in Portugal. Um, and again, these can be very simple designs. They can be like a simple one color tile or they can be very, very intricate ornate designs. And it's just stunning. Really like every single building just looks so beautiful. And the city itself is just so colorful. And a lot of the buildings, um, you know, definitely add to that color and that vibrancy of, of, of Lisbon. Yeah, there really are colors everywhere, and especially in the summer with it being so sunny, just the sun hitting all of the colored tiles on the buildings, I, it's like nowhere else I've ever been. Yeah, you've got these like orange roofs, and then you have these like colorful buildings, and then you've got the river right ahead of you, and these beautiful limestone sidewalks and streets, and it's just really, really stunning. And if you're a fan of the tiles like I am, of the azulejos, one thing that I would highly recommend that people do is go to the National Tile Museum in Lisbon, the Museu Nacional do Azulejo, um, and 
you'd probably want to probably take like a cab to get there. It's not like right in the center of Lisbon. Is right, that- a cab. Uh, they do have Uber in in Lisbon, but yeah, I would say a cab or an Uber would be the way to go. Mm-hmm. And this museum is in a former convent, um, and so. You enter and they have samples of tile designs from, you know, 13th century up until now, contemporary designs. If you go all the way up to the top floor, there's this gorgeous panoramic of Lisbon before um, the earthquake of 1755, which really just changed the architecture of, of the majority of the city. But in there is a chapel and it's just like absolutely stunning Portuguese Baroque chapel that kind of takes your breath away when you go in. Yeah, there there are very few uh, attractions in Lisbon that I would say this is a must-do, but um, the uh, Azulejo Museum, I would say, absolutely is one of them. It's one of the most impressive and enjoyable attractions I've ever seen in my life. It's it's really beautiful. Yeah, and it's like a short, um, it's probably, I don't know, what do you think, like an hour, hour or two? Mm, yeah, hour, hour and a half maybe. Yeah, so it's a short, short visit. I actually... When I'm traveling, especially if I'm only in a place for a few days, I don't like going to museums, but this you have to do this. This is a must. I agree. So what's your number two? My number two, uh, it's not really a specific attraction per se, but another thing that I truly love to do when I'm in Lisbon is just to wander around and explore. Uh, it might be my... Uh, my Portuguese DNA, the uh, the explorer gene, I'm not sure, but um, to me there's nothing more enjoyable than just walking around and getting lost and see what you find. And Lisbon is on a, a very reasonable, very, um, very compact scale. It is very hilly, which um, it would help if if you were to explore, it would help if you like to uh, go up and down hills because in Lisbon, you're very rarely walking on flat ground. You're either going up a hill or you're going down a hill. I happen to like that a lot, but there are just so many uh, wonderful little neighborhoods and everywhere you go, there are you know small restaurants, cafes, shops, and you know each each neighborhood has a little bit different character. And it's just, I, I just enjoy not having anywhere to go, but just exploring. And uh, one, of the, one of the best parts of wandering around is when you happen to get towards the top of a big hill, there's usually one or more miradorus, which a miradoru just basically means like a golden view. It's basically a scenic lookout. And Lisbon, being a city of, of seven hills, in fact, is filled with these mitadotus, and again, every one has a different uh, viewpoint. So, so you you can just see so many different views of of the beautiful city, and it's it's always a uh, a highlight. And and most of these mitadotus tend to have cafes near them. So, if you want to rest and have a drink and relax, it's uh, certainly well deserved after walking up all those hills. Yeah, there's nothing more perfect than a cold beer at an overlook. <laughs> and you're just seeing Lisbon at your feet and um, just having a wonderful beverage. So it's, it's a good experience. That uh, is true. Yeah. So, uh, so what else do you like about Lisbon? So this walking around, I have to hop on that. And that's because Lisbon has a ton of street art. And that, to me, again, makes it such a visually compelling city. Everywhere you go, there is street art, you know, and it ranges from 
kind of like tagging by local artists to stencils to really enormous collaborations um, by internationally well-known artists, and especially in a neighborhood called Grasa, which um, is a little bit more of a residential neighborhood. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, Grasa is definitely a, a residential neighborhood. The uh, you can get there, and we'll we'll talk more about this in our next episode. But you can get there on the tram twenty eight, which is one of the uh, do not miss activities of uh, any visit to Lisbon. But uh, yeah, I would say that there's other than the Miradouros uh, and the street art, there probably isn't much in the way of tourist attractions there. So it would be the kind of neighborhood that you might not visit but it's definitely worth a visit. And the artwork there is just pretty spectacular. So, you know, really, again, every neighborhood has its own sort of unique personality. And you can see that in the street art that they're doing. And the content really ranges, you know, from, you know, the humorous to the political. And again, as we keep going there and kind of seeing some gentrification happening, just sort of seeing how the street art reflects that in some ways. But, um, Definitely go to Grasa and definitely go check out the, the really gorgeous murals there. So what's your number three thing to do? Well, we've been talking so much about walking around and, and looking at various things that uh, all that walking around uh, makes a person a little bit hungry. It does. I can attest to that. Yeah. So another one of my favorite things to do in Lisbon is, is just to eat. If, uh, if the airfares were cheap enough, I would probably on occasion fly to Lisbon for a weekend just to have a few meals. That's how much, <laughs> that's I, how much I love the food there. You know, I, I can't blame you. It's, it's again, pretty, pretty good, good food there. I would say more than pretty good. I would say, <laughs> I would say the best in the world, but that's, best I, in maybe the world. that's, uh, <laughs> I'm biased, but, uh. Yeah, I, I just, I love eating there, and I, I just love going to a, a small neighborhood restaurant. Um, these small restaurants that are really all over Lisbon, there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of them, and they're called Tascas, and they're they're just these small, uh, maybe 10 or 12 tables, um, just very, uh, very neighborhood-centric, and very fresh, wonderful uh food and I just feel so at home when I'm in those restaurants. Yeah, it's such a relaxing experience. Um, and we definitely, you know, when we're there, we tend to go to the neighborhood joints because again, I think for both of us, it reminds us a lot of home and our in our own family's cooking. Um, but yeah, it's eating in Lisbon is really wonderful. Um, and we'll have a whole maybe even two episodes dedicated to food. So be ready for that. So what are some of your favorite types of foods to eat there? Oh, good question. I, uh, I like to eat it all, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) especially, uh, you know, the, the fresh grilled fish is phenomenal. Yes. Um, I have to second that. Yeah. Yeah. The bacalhau, which is the salt cod, kind of the, the national dish of Portugal, if mm-hmm. you will. I'm not sure if that's official or unofficial, but either way. We can make it official. It is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that we have the uh, the authority <laughs> the to make authority. it official, but... Uh, we'll put in a plug. How's that? Yeah, it should be if it isn't. Um, <laughs> and uh, grilled, all kinds of grilled meats, the pork, the, the, the barbecue chicken is phenomenal. Uh, just everything... 
everything is so fresh and delicious and no matter how they make a, a potato it, it always comes out tasting better than any potato anywhere else yeah. i don't know what they do to what it. do they do to these potatoes we've nobody's been able to figure it out it's, <laughs> it's like a, a secret yeah it hmm. is but uh yeah it's uh ev- everything is just uh just phenomenal yeah, and I, I love, too, that, you know, we go to these restaurants, but the time of year that we go, there's also a lot of feasts. And so you can also get really amazing feast food, so to speak, um, for some pretty reasonable prices and have an amazing meal. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the when a, when a feast or a festa, as they're called, is going on, it, um, there's just people selling food and drink in the streets and everyone's having a good time and it's just it's the place to be so this brings me to my third favorite thing to do in lisbon because if you're eating all this food you get kind of thirsty would you agree yeah i'm already thirsty just thinking about (laughs) so my third favorite thing to do in lisbon is of course drinking is that a surprise to you I'm not surprised at all, actually. (laughs) Well, Lisbon in Portugal actually offers quite a lot to drink. um, And we'll actually have a whole episode about drinking in Lisbon. Maybe even two. Maybe. Maybe even two. Might be two. Um, And we'll talk about everything, you know, from coffees to dessert wine, port wine, so to speak. Um, But some of the things that I really love looking forward to is that they have an amazing beer there called uh, Superbach, and the word for beer in Portuguese is cerveja. Superbach is great. Um, the, <laughs> the interesting thing about Superbach is it is a truly amazing beer when you're there. It I is. Don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how or why, but for some reason when you're there, it is just so delicious, and somehow in the importation or the translation or what have you, it's not quite the same if you have it other places. But yeah, when you're in Lisbon on a hot, sunny day and you get a, a mug of Superbock, there's nothing better. Yeah, it hits the spot like nothing else. And along with this delightful beer, um, Portugal certainly has its own share of pretty amazing wines. And um, there's a lot of wine regions in Portugal. Two of the regions that you'll find a lot on menus are um, the Alentejo, which tends to be drier wines and also the Douro wines, which are a little bit more full-bodied. And they're extraordinarily reasonably priced. Yeah, it's it's true. It's amazing that, like, you go into a a local restaurant and you order a carafe of house wine, and you can pay anywhere from, like, four to seven euro for, like, the entire carafe, whereas, you know, here in America, you can't even get a glass of wine for that. It's, It's truly amazing. Negative. Um, I paid a lot more for that for a glass of wine the other day. So, yep. um, so definitely, you know, definitely get the wine there. It's it's really wonderful. And, you know, we're not doing anything crazy. We're just getting like their house wine. Um, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And if you want to go a little bit higher end, most places do have a bottle list. And even, you know, for a good bottle, you might pay 10 or 12 euro. It's, yeah. it's, it's truly amazing. It is great. Portugal is also really well known for its dessert wine, port wine, and we've been lucky enough to go to Porto a couple of times and actually go into the caves and taste port wine there. Um, I've been going to uh, Porto to drink the port wine since I was about 10 years old. (laughs) So they used to let you, used to be free to take the tours, and they used to like, if you were there and had a pulse, they would, you know. 
I was like 11 and my sister was like eight and they're pouring us both like glasses of port wine. It was amazing. It was a wonderful time. Yeah. I don't think they do that anymore, though. They don't do that anymore. It's, it's a shame. It's, it's sad. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with the world. How can you work on your palate if you don't get a head start? That's true. I mean, it's come true. on now. That's ridiculous. Um, but port wine is definitely a must while you're there. And depending on where you go, certain cafes or certain bars will actually do a little uh, tonic, um, and it's just like a little tonic with port, and it's a delightful way to spritz up the afternoon. With white port, actually, oh, which a lot of people port, yes. um, don't, are not even aware that there is white port. There's, there's both red port, which is the more famous, and there's also white port. White port, and it's delicious and perfect on a hot summer day. And so this brings me to another awesome category of drinking in Lisbon, and that is cocktails. And we've actually quite seen, we've seen quite the, I don't want to say evolution of it since we've been going, but the scene has certainly changed quite a bit. Would you agree? It has. I mean, when we first started going to Lisbon, there was really only one uh, legitimate craft cocktail bar, and that was called Cinco Lounge, which is still there and still wonderful, and we will definitely be talking about that more in our uh, episode or episodes about drinking. But yeah, yeah it's wonderful. Yeah, now um, there are there are many, many uh, cocktail bars that are all doing great, inventive, creative things. It's 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 really great. Yeah, the scene has definitely evolved or grown, I should say, uh, versus evolved. But uh, I'd say both. Yeah, both. But it's definitely a really fun place to go and have a fantastic drink. And last but not least, one of our favorite drinks in Lisbon, and really one of the favorite things, one of our favorite things to do, is um, drinking this cherry liqueur called a ginja. And you can find this delightful treat in various little shops throughout Lisbon called Jinjingish. And whenever our friends come to visit us and uh, spend time with us, we usually like to kick off their tour of Lisbon with a visit to this delightful little shop. Yes, and it just so happens that the last time that Tori and I were in Lisbon, we recorded a trip to Ajinginha. So much as uh, when we have friends visit us in Lisbon and we take them to the Ajinginha, today we will take all of you, our listeners, with us to the Ajinginha. Aww. I wish we could actually give you some Ajinginhas. Yeah, I, I wish we could too. Unfortunately, I don't think that's how the <laughs> internet works. It's a, it's a sad place. Yeah. Oh, well. But for now, we'll have to uh, make do with a an audio trip to Ajinginha. Tori and I are standing outside of the famous Ajinginha Saint-Rival, one of the many Ajinginhas throughout the... Uh, uh, throughout the city. And Ajinginha uh, is a sort of a small store uh, or bar, but... It's about the size of a large walk-in closet, and they mostly sell ginja, which is a sour cherry liqueur that's very popular here. Um, now, if you go in, and as long as you, uh, you're you ordering ginja, the, uh, the order is very simple, as uh, we're about to hear. Do we say? Oh, yeah. 
And I always fill them to the top so that they a little bit drips, but so be it. Cheers. Mm. That's good. Delicious. Delicious. So how did you order this? Uh, basically, you if if you're ordering ginger, you don't have to say you're ordering ginger. It's it's basically um, assumed. So you just say you, the number that you want and either cone or say, and that means with or without um, a few of the cherries that are in the bottle. So um, cone means with, say means without. So it's very easy. They they do sell other things in there, but. Um, probably you know the overwhelming majority of people who go in go in for a ginger so it's very easy to order i wish i was there right now I'm, i know i'm very jealous of past me <laughs> past yes i agree um it would be great to be there right now having a little ginger so one little pro tip in there that uh, you might have heard, this is sort of a very typical Lisbon experience. At the very beginning, when I start my introduction, I, I then say, no obrigado, on the, under my breath, kind of. And that means no thank you. And what was happening there is somebody was coming up to me offering to sell me sunglasses, which happens in Lisbon a lot, especially, or I should say, even if, you're wearing sunglasses at the time. It's the strangest thing. Yeah, they don't they don't really target their marketing. It's more of like a shotgun type approach. I, I've never really understood it, but yeah. Anyway, so that gave you a little bit of a flavor of not only the Xinjinia, but the uh, the street life in Lisbon. And so we have a great adventure ahead of us. As Paul mentioned, the next episode we'll be talking about a little bit more about the different things to do in Lisbon. And how to get there. And how to get there. So, yeah, I think this has been a really fun first episode. What do you think? I think so, too. I hope our listeners have enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, if you want to know about some of the spots that we've been talking about in this episode, go visit our website, tolisbonwithlove.com. Um, we'll have some photos from our trip there. We'll have a list of the places that we've mentioned. Um, and it's a great way to get to know us a little bit more. Absolutely. Ataja. logo. Thanks for listening to To Lisbon with Love with your hosts Paul Barakiro and Tori Costa. For more information on all the places and things that we've mentioned in this episode, visit tolisbonwithlove.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook where we share photos of everything that the beautiful city of Lisbon has to offer. Unless otherwise noted, all music on To Lisbon With Love was recorded live at Duke de Rua, a wonderful fadu bar featuring live music five nights a week, just steps up from the Rusiu in the heart of Lisbon. Visit our friends there and let them know that we sent you. Are you enjoying To Lisbon With Love? If so, please subscribe, rate us, and share with your friends. Is there something about Lisbon that you're dying to know about? Send an email to twolisbonwithlove at gmail.com and let us know. Obrigada. Obrigado. Obrigado.